Welcome to the Next Actions Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you some hints and tips that you can use to help you to get the results you deserve. Grab yourself a drink, sit back, and let's jump into the episode. It's that special time when people start to plan for the next year. Most people, well, they normally do this at the start or the end of a calendar year. This, it's a good time to sit back and review what you've done and look at where you want to go. But it's not the only time that you can do this. Other good milestones, they include the end of the financial year, or even that special birthday or anniversary which triggers you to sit down and think. Whenever you decide to do your planning, it's important to have a process to run through. Join me now to go over some of the key steps that you need to take when planning for the next year. You're getting ready to plan for the next year. It's more than likely that you're saying that you want it to be better than the one you've just had. I mean, isn't that the idea to improve on your past performance? When I think about planning, the thing that always comes to my mind is the story about the jar, the rocks, the pebbles and the sand. Most people, you may have heard of this, but I'm going to very quickly go through it just in case you haven't. You have an empty jar, some rocks, pebbles and some sand. That empty jar, it represents your life. The rocks, they're the big things in your life, things like your family and your health. The pebbles, these are the things that matter to you, but you could live without them. This could include things like your job, hobbies, friends. And then the sand, that represents everything else that you do, the filler things. This includes things like watching TV, running errands, surfing the internet. You can fill the jar up two ways. A lot of people, well, they put that sand in first, which fills the jar and it means that they can't put in the pebbles and the rocks. The other way, you put the rocks in first. Then you put in the pebbles and they fill the gap between the rocks. And finally, you put in the sand so that that fills up the remaining space. This means you can't put in as much sand, but you've already got your rocks and your pebbles in there. Carrying on with this analogy, in the first scenario, you would have filled your jar with sand. This means you're spending all of your time doing the small, inconsequential things. You're not doing anything meaningful. You're not growing. You're not moving ahead in your life. In the second scenario, you put the rocks in first. These, they're the most important things in your life. You're making sure that they take priority. Next, you're putting in the pebbles. These, they're the important things in your life. Because you can't fit all those pebbles in, you have to decide which ones you can put off, which ones can be left out of the jar and delayed until the next year. Finally, you then look at the inconsequential things and these you fit in around the other things in your life. This means you're doing the meaningful things first, you're continually growing and developing your skills, and you're getting the most out of your life. 
Using this analogy when planning means you make sure that you're prioritizing what is important and cutting out what is not moving you forward. The question, how do you do that? The first step is to take time to look at your life priorities. I refer to these as your life purpose statements. Think real deep about these. What are the main priorities in your life? The six thinking hats, this is a really good tool to help you to come up with these. Your aim here is to come up with two or three big priorities in your life. These, they're the things you cannot live without. They are your reason for being. I've found that if you've got more than three of these, well, it ends up being distracting. Three seems to be the best number of big priorities to have. These, they're the equivalent of the rocks that you've been putting into that jar. Once you've got your three life purpose statements, then you can move on to the next step. What are your major goals? These goals, they're things that are going to move you towards your life's purpose. You would start looking at long-term goals, you know, things that may take three to five years to achieve. You then break these down into some shorter term goals. These are things that you can do in the next year. The aim, each goal you come up with should be moving you towards your life purpose. If it isn't moving you forward, you've got to question, why are you doing it? These goals, you'd then spend some time and you'd break them down into smaller projects. A project, it's just a set of steps that you need to take to complete a goal. You can think of the goal as a concept, as an idea that you want to meet. The projects, well, these are just lists of concrete actions that you can take to allow you to meet that goal. An example, you've got a goal to go on an overseas vacation. Your project would include things like save $200 per month into the vacation account, research locations, book flights, book a hotel, and that list, well, it goes on. The list of actions are the things that you can tick off, the things you can actually do, the things that are moving you towards the goal. When coming up with projects and actions, the six thinking hats, SWOT analysis, and SAW analysis are some really good tools to help you to plan and to move forward. These goals, projects and actions, these are the pebbles. These are the things you're putting between the big rocks. You may find there are some goals that are just too much for you. Well, these put to one side, come back to them later when you've got more time to spend to plan them. You do not need to be working on every goal all of the time. It's best to focus on a small number of goals and to complete them rather than try to focus on every goal and end up getting nothing done. One of the biggest causes of procrastination is having too many things to do, too many things to pick from. When you see the massive list of goals, well, you end up going into a panic mode and you freeze. Keeping that list small, it gives your mind the chance to look at things, to visualize the results and then do them. The last thing we look at, well, that's the sand. This, 
it's the inconsequential things. But these can also, at times, be important. Watching TV, well, that's inconsequential, but it can also help you to relax. Being relaxed helps you to focus when needed. Running errands, that's inconsequential, but if you don't do it, well, you wouldn't have any food. And without food, how long are you going to survive? A lot of inconsequential things are necessary. The key is to identify the ones that are important and to throw away the rest. When doing the inconsequential things, make sure you're not spending too much time on them. If watching TV, limit yourself to one show per day rather than eight hours. If running errands, can you go to one place and buy everything? That will save you time from traveling between different locations. Could you aim to complete all your errands in under one hour a week? There's a nice challenge for you. This podcast is brought to you by Next Actions, your one stop for business and executive coaching. If you're struggling with your business and want to improve your business results, or do you want to get back control of your life? Then Next Actions were here for you. We're based in Perth, Western Australia, but we do have clients worldwide. You can find out more about us at nextactions.com.au. That's nextactions.com.au. To summarise, it's important that you plan. But when you do it, well, that's not too important. And quite often, key milestone dates, well, they're a good trigger to do the planning. When planning, you need to identify your life purpose statements, goals that move you towards those statements, projects that move you towards the goals, and a set of concrete actions that you can take to allow you to complete the project. Once you've got this, you can then look at the other things in your life. Are they important? Are they necessary? Are they needed? Can you limit them in any way to give you more time for the important things? Are there things you can stop doing? Can other people do things for you? These questions, and others like it, can all help you to focus on what is important. By focusing on key activities, you can grow your skills, improve your life, and get the results you deserve. If you're planning out the next year, quarter, month, or even week, it's likely that you're going to be setting yourself some goals. Goals are really useful in helping you to define what you want to achieve and then to track them through to completion. Join me now to talk about a common technique that you can use when setting goals. What is a goal? From the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it's defined as the end towards which effort is directed. It's not something that's complicated. It's not something that has to be difficult. It's just the end result that you're working towards. One of the most common techniques used to define a goal is the SMART method. It's likely that you've heard about SMART goals. We're going to spend a few minutes now and we're just going to explore what a SMART goal is. 
SMART, it's an acronym. It allows you to easily remember how best to come up with some goals. The first letter, S, that stands for specific. This is the who, the what, the where of the goal. It's used to describe what you want to do. An example, well, you may want to have some money. To be specific, you would say, I want some money in my savings account. But this doesn't fully describe the goal. So we move on and we add in the M, measurable. This tells you how you know that you've met that goal. So our example, it would become, I will have $200,000 in my savings account. We now know the trigger to show that we have done what we wanted to do. The next thing, it's the A. Make sure that the goal is achievable. It's easy to write a goal that you've got no chance of achieving. These end up being pointless and, let's be honest, they actually end up damaging your morale. A goal that cannot be achieved, it's not a goal, it's a threat. It leads to people not even trying. What's the point if you know you're not going to achieve it? When setting a goal, make sure that it's something that is achievable. That doesn't mean it should be easy, just that it should be achievable. It needs to challenge you. It needs to challenge your skills and your knowledge. It needs to enable you to grow. So if we go back to our example, we said we wanted $200,000 in our savings account. Let's be honest, that's not achievable. We can think about it, then we rewrite the goal and it now becomes to have $2,000 in my savings account. That's something that's more achievable. Next step, we look at the letter R. This stands for relevant. The goal, it should be relevant to you. It should be something that meets one of your targets or your needs. Think of this as being why that goal is important to you and to your work or life. It helps you understand the reason for the goal and it helps to drive you towards succeeding. We come back to the example. We're now going to modify it to include the why and it becomes, I will have $2,000 in my savings account so I can go on vacation to Bali. The final letter T stands for time bound or timely. It's the time frame in which the goal should be achieved. Most people will deny this, but we all love deadlines. We like to know when something needs to be done by. It gives us something to aim for. It gives us that full goal. Back with our example, our goal becomes, by the 31st of December, I will have $2,000 in my savings account so I can go on vacation to Bali. By applying the SMART principle, our goal went from have some money, which is very vague, to by the 31st of December, I will have $2,000 in my savings account so I can go on vacation to Bali. We understand the goal. We know why we're doing it. We know when it needs to be done by, and we know how we can measure its success. We've got our target, and now we can start to track progress as we move towards it. To summarise, we all need to have goals to help us. One of the best ways to do this is to define them using the SMART goals technique. This makes the goal specific, measurable, achievable, 
relevant and time-bound. Once we've defined our goals, we can then work towards them and track their progress. This helps us to stay on track. It helps us to get the results we deserve. You can find out more about us at nextactions.com.au. That's nextactions.com.au. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Do you have any topics that you'd like me to cover? If you do, then please email me at gary at nextactions.com.au and I'll add it to the list of upcoming videos. If you haven't already, why not subscribe to the feed so you get new episodes as I release them? Please also give me a rating in your podcast app of choice. This helps other people discover the podcast. I'll talk to you again soon. Oh,